0: You're listening to Run Hard,
1: Mom Hard, presented by Treeline Journal and hosted by Nikki Parnell and Steph Weniger. We're here looking at the ins and outs of what it takes to be a mother who runs ultra marathons. We'll dive in to the challenges mothers face while
0: training and racing ultras as we share and hear stories of motherhood and life from the
1: trails. We hope to be a resource and encouragement to women who are balancing life with kids and all the miles. It's no easy task. We know what goes on behind the scenes while a mom prepares for a long run or race day. Sick kids, lack of sleep, low energy, minimal time, mom guilt, etc. But women keep showing up again and again to run, take care of themselves, and show this sport
0: new levels of strength and grit. We want to be here to celebrate and inspire each other to run hard, find our inner mom strength, and show our kids that so much is possible.
1: Welcome to another episode of Run Hard, Mom Hard. This week we have Amy Broadmoor, but before that, Nikki, what's going on this week? How are you doing? Oh, man. Well, I'm good.
0: I'm okay. Um, it has been a really heavy week in my life and in the world and in our country. Um, so, let's see. So, I've been training for my race, as you know. Um, and I, I, mentioned it on our last one, but, um, that got canceled. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to like work through what we're going to do, uh, this summer. Um, since it might be out of the picture to go to Europe and run my, my hundred K in the Swiss Alps is canceled, but, Um, So we're trying to figure that out, but it also, so like that kind of stings because this was Mm -hmm. our year to do big things um, like a lot of people, but it also feels very insignificant now because of uh, the things going on in our country. And I just feel um, heartbroken about things that are happening and Um, I've been listening to like podcasts on the riots and um it's just it's such a painful time and so I think I've I've just been trying to like educate myself on what's going on and on the pain and suffering of people of color and I I mean I don't have the right words for it. I'm still wrestling with it. We're It's just really tough and there's a lot of work that needs to be done and trying to see how that starts in our family and having conversations with our kids and things like that.
1: And it's crazy that like, and I, I know that we are privileged and to not know how to talk to my kids about this stuff, but knowing that there are families that are colored colored people that they're having these conversations with their kids and they're so young and they have to have these conversations. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's never been a thought in my mind and that makes me sad that I don't, that other families are having to talk about stuff like this with their, with their little kids. And Mm -hmm. I mean, we're, we're starting to now talk about it. Um, Mm -hmm. But well, yeah, to to have to look
0: at your child and tell them that they will not always be safe because of the color of their skin mm-hmm. or they will be judged mm-hmm. or maybe treated unfairly for no reason other than the color of their skin. It, it's just, it's sickening. As a mom, it's really, it really is. tough. And I mean, I don't think these riots should be what uh, forces us into awareness, But, um, I mean, we, so we just have to, we have to do better and yeah, it's, it's all about figuring out how to start with what we have, where we are, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, what's been on, on my mind lately. It's like my, my little problems seem like nothing. And, um, I'm just, you have
1: a right to be sad too, that your race is canceled and that you're, you may not go on your trip to Europe. I mean, that was something you were looking forward to. And I know that it seems small in the grand scheme of things that are going on in the world right now, but Mm -hmm.
0: yeah, I, well, I do like one thing that really kind of tears me up related to the trip is that my kids are so fun right now. Like Dash is four and a half, Bellin is two, and there are harder stages of life with, you know, there are harder kid stages that are mm-hmm. harder to travel. Like I always think you should go and travel no matter, you know, how old your kids are. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, I was just reflecting on like last summer we went to Wisconsin and Bellen was, I don't know, tough. <laughs> she just was yeah. tough. And, but like right now she's so fun. And I think that like, I just want to see them out in the world.
1: Yeah.
0: And, uh, I mean, we'll still do some cool things. So mm-hmm. we're just having to make more different backup plans, but yeah. anyway, yeah. Uh, enough about that. What about you, Steph? What's going on with you?
1: Well, obviously, I mean, everything that you just said is happening in my world too. I'm really in the, I feel like I'm in the thick of it, uh, because we're like an hour and fifty minutes south of Minneapolis, which is mm-hmm. where it happened. Um, so, I, my sister lives in Minneapolis. My cousin lives in St. Paul. So, I'm getting a lot of everything that's going on. They're putting stuff on Snapchats. My sister is going to the pro- the peaceful protest. She's, you know, mm-hmm. sticking to the mm-hmm. curfew and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. But other than yeah, um, other than that, I I am doing. 100 miles to Auburn which is celebrating um Western States because it's Western States month. Um so I have the whole month of June to cover 100.2 miles. And it's kind of cool cuz you'll see like the the checkpoints of where in, in Western States, you know, the course you are. So that's really fun and um this this Friday I'll be doing uh 4 by 4 by 24 in honor of everything going on. Um which stuff that we just talked about and the pandemic going on and the frontline workers that are there and national guard. And, um, and so that'll be four miles every four hours for 24 hours, which will be fun. So it'll, it'll count towards my hundred miles to Auburn and it'll be in honor of, of, of things that are happening in the world. So Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. So Steph, what's your favorite thing this week? So I got some new running shoes. They're the Brooks Glycerin 18. It's a neutral shoe with a 10 millimeter drop. I got it from my local running store um, called River Valley Running in Mankato. Uh, I Actually, it's a funny story because Aaron hasn't had tennis shoes in over 10 years. Um, he just wears boots. Socks. Yeah. he mm-hmm. wears, So he has steel toe boots that he has to wear for work um, that are required for uh, whatever safety. And, um, (laughs) when he's at home, he just wears either his steel toe boots or he has some other like doc Martins that he wears. And when we go hiking, he just wears his docs. And I'm like, okay, you need some different shoes to wear. This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And and so I had a couple of gift cards to River Valley Running and we went there and he got the Brooks Glycerin 18, obviously the men's version, and mm-hmm. he's like, "So the first pair of tennis shoes I get in 10 years and you're going to copy me." And I said, "I had Brooks before this and it's just like the big sister. Before this I had the um Brooks Ghost 11, I think. And so this mm-hmm. is like the big sister to the Ghost." And oh. and he's like, uh Yeah. You're just copying me, but I really love them. They're comfy. They're squishy. They're good for road and trail or like not technical trail, but like Mm -hmm. the rolling hills. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. That's so there's, I don't know. Is there a better feeling than new shoes? No, (laughs) there's not. You know what? Maybe just by buying Aaron, a pair of shoes of good, like running shoes, maybe it'll encourage him to like, if you're out on a hike or something, yeah. maybe he runs a little bit with Joanna or something. And yeah. then
1: and then he falls in love. I know. No, I know. <laughs> I'm still just like scratching. Just, yeah. Oh, it's going to get in there a little bit. Yeah. It's going to get in. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. It, it so, doesn't matter. Yeah. He's supportive yeah. no matter what. So,
0: yeah. yeah.
1: Yes. What are you loving this week? Well, I have to say that... <laughs> we
0: finally got our Tree Line Journal running hats, and they are awesome. <laughs> um, They—they're lightweight. They're well, they're running hats. They're trucker hats, but mm. they're athletic ones. So they have um, like a sweat band on the inside nice. to keep sweat out of your eyes. They've got like polyester. Uh, oh gosh, mesh like around mm-hmm. the sides, they've got, um, an adjustable band, so they'll fit every head, hopefully. <laughs> um, and yeah, they're just, they're fun and it's cool. It's fun to have them. And, uh, we, yeah, it's just kind of one, one more way, uh, people can support us in this mm-hmm. treeline journal pursuit that Chase and I are doing. Um, and also we are giving, uh, 15% of our profits to the NA, uh, NAACP, um, legal defense fund, um, as part of what's going on in our country. We just, I mean, it's so tiny, so, but
2: it's, it's awesome. better
0: to do nothing yeah. or it's better to do something than nothing. No, nothing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. So, it's like, that's it's just so fine. nice. It's, yeah. So. Anyway, it's great, and um, go to Treeline Journal and check them
1: out. Yeah. I think I'm going to dedicate each four-mile segment to something else, so I'll post about it, and we'll I'll dedicate it to someone or something else. That's really sweet. Mm-hmm. I love that, and yeah. I'm really tempted to join you in that. You should. I'd be down for a 2 a.m.
0: call uh-huh. while uh-huh. I'm running. <laughs> yeah, I – Yep. I mean, it honestly, like, do I feel totally safe running, um, around my neighborhood and how, you know, just do I feel safe doing that? Like in the middle Mm. of the night? I don't know. Um, but yeah, but
1: I am really tempted to do that, but you just need to do it. Right. 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 Amy said on this podcast, <laughs> getting more women into this sport. She is from Duluth, Minnesota. She is a photographer and she just started this company or project um, called Onward. And it is focusing on the underrepresentation of women in endurance sports like ultra running.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. She. <laughs> Sorry. I, I didn't I'm mean to totally like You're no. going to laugh at me. I can't keep talking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um. <laughs> <laughs> she is a very inspiring woman who is taking the time and, to share other very inspiring women's stories. And so we love hearing from her. There's so much good stuff in this episode. You all are gonna love it, and I think it's a very important conversation to have in relation to just woman empowering women and all being there for each other. So give it a
1: listen. Well, Amy, do you wanna tell us a little bit about yourself? No, I am a mom
2: of three kids. I have a fifteen year old, ten year old, and a thirteen year old. And I'm a trail runner and I have this, um, I'm a photographer Mm -hmm. and I have a photography project called Onward where I focus on endurance women in sports.
1: That's awesome. We love that.
0: (laughs) I know. Yeah. We're really excited to talk to you about that. Um, Uh,
1: yeah. So how, how did Onward start or how did, how did even that name come about?
2: yeah. Um, onward started. Um, I think I got the idea when I dipped my toe into bike races and was really surprised to realize how few women were doing long distance bike races. So the first, I had been a runner my whole life, got injured and tried out my first gravel bike race and looked at the starting list. I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm one of six women signed up for this race. Like I'm already a little self-conscious about trying a new sport. Yeah. And I just didn't realize there weren't that many women in gravel biking. So the thought kind of was mulling in my brain, you know, like actually I wonder how what the women's representation is in other long distance sports. And looked into it. Um you know I just in the Midwest about 7% of the field in mountain bike races, long mountain bike races are women. A little bit more, maybe 8%, 9% in gravel races. I was like, well, what about running? You know, I've been in running and I felt very comfortable in the running community. Um, but yeah, like only, you know, in, in 100 mile races, 25% of the field are women. In 50, 50 mile races, 30 women. And then I also like to ski, and skiing is a huge thing. I live in Duluth, Minnesota oh my gosh, we've got construction going on in the house. So if you hear banging, there are people putting up siding on my house. And it seems like they've moved closer to me. Um, Yeah, so I also looked at cross-country skiing. And in cross-country skiing races, only about 15% of the fields in long-distance skiing races, like the Berkebiner ski marathons, are women. So my question was, Why? And I wanted with onward I want to look at reasons possible reasons women are participating in these long distance endurance run bike and ski races as much as men.
1: And when did you start this project?
2: Yeah, I mean the, I started mulling it over gosh, when did I start? I think I think it really started about a year ago when I really um jumped in and started doing it when I and I the first women I followed was women running, was moms. I focused on moms running the fifty mile Voyager Trail Race here in Duluth. Yeah, and that's what I'm like. It, I'd been thinking about it for about three years, and I was like, okay, let's do this.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Nice. That is and so I, cool. And yeah. so, what did you? So, um, part of Onward is storytelling, um, yeah. and and then so i'm I'm curious like how what you kind of came up with as a conclusion or like maybe why women aren't uh, yeah. you don't see them as much as men in these sports
2: absolutely um I mean I feel like I'm in the project and I'm trying to still ask questions and gather mm-hmm. information and gather stories and try to be a really good listener and not jump to conclusions mm-hmm. but I did like brainstorm what could be possible reasons that women are less represented and not, you know, not trying these longer distances. um, And then explore each of those. So, you know, one reason we couldn't see maybe women aren't participating as much is because they go through childbirth and that takes them out of the sport for a bit. Mm -hmm. Also, they might feel more responsibilities towards taking care of their kids than men. Um, They might be less inclined to. Um, invest in gear or try out new gear because you mm-hmm. really see fewer women in sports that require more gear mm-hmm. like biking and skiing there are fewer women than in running um, learning new techniques uh, oh like in these longer bike races you have to be able to fix your bike if it breaks down mm-hmm. the road so long- so women have to have to learn the skills to be able to change their bike tires and mm-hmm. and things more than that, if they want, that's all I've gotten. That's as far as I've gotten, and I just yeah. jump in. And I'm out of the race if something else goes wrong. But yeah. you have to learn some maintenance skills, you know. And generally, women have been less encouraged to learn bike maintenance skills, or might feel less comfortable going to their local bike shop that's run mm-hmm. by men. Learn those skills. Yeah. Um, so with this project, I'm kind of delving into all of those ideas and and asking women about them and saying, "Is this? You know, does this?" contribute to why you would do this event or not, or does it not? You know, just trying to hear some full stories about what women are thinking.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, especially when you're focusing on mom when you said you started focusing on moms. And yeah. I think a lot of it is with, I mean, for me at least, it's hard to go out and run for four, five, six hours a day or one day a week to and leave your kids and then you know my husband Aaron doesn't run and so I'm just like pushing them off to him which it's nice quality time but it mm-hmm. it would be hard to even to try to get into something else new like biking or skiing that's I mean I snowboard with my husband but we don't like go long distances it's just like down the local hill here
2: mm-hmm. yeah and those I feel like those are all completely reasonable. I mean, it's so reasonable to take take a step back when you're a mom. And you guys have yeah. young kids, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? But mm-hmm. the question is, like, why are moms doing that more than dads? Yeah. You know, dads have a reason to step back, too, and take care of their kids during certain times.
0: You right. So, but, yeah, we tend to shoulder a lot of yeah. that, the family. Yeah. for mm-hmm. sure. Do
1: mm-hmm. you see moms um, that have older kids that are kind of returning back into the sport? Or –
2: Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Like, I can tell you, like, you get so much more energy once those kids get a little older. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, (laughs) it was huge for me when my youngest hit 13 months, and I had three sleepers, and then it was Mm -hmm. huge for me when they went to kindergarten, and I had some time, you know, just some freedom, even if I was working some me time, and then, and now I can go, on a run when they're and just leave them at home you know (laughs) so heck yeah yeah and then the fact that your body can still do it and return to running is really 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 nice to know yeah because it it does does. I've had some of my best running years after kids
1: that is so great that is awesome. it's nice to know that there's like light at the end of tunnel when you have very little children and they're constantly waking up and Mm -hmm. you feel exhausted all the time
2: (laughs) Yeah. So I don't mm-hmm. think it's at all unreasonable to be like, I'm not running a hundred mile year when my kids are little. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not trying to put that on anyone with this project, you know?
0: Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. 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 I like your your focus on just listening and just observing like what is going on in our sport because mm-hmm. I don't know if a lot of people are necessarily paying attention to that. And it's really interesting. Um yeah, I I was wondering if um you could share some some stories that stick with you of like
2: yeah.
0: the kind of woman that you talk to and um, just, I don't know, share some some of that.
2: Yeah, yeah. well, I know this podcast is for moms, so just thinking back to that um the project where I did focus on motherhood, um, what is cool to me is interviewing multiple moms and seeing how running how they're thinking about running, mm-hmm. because it does vary. Some moms think that, um, you know, this they're really like set on the idea that this running makes them a better mom. Mm-hmm. They've seen that rub off on their kids. And so um, one of the mothers I interviewed is Native American Ojibwe heritage woman, Nicole here from Duluth, outside of Duluth. Um, and she, through running, has, she p- picked up running when she had, either when, when her little, gosh, I'm trying to remember, but right when she became a mom, she was Mm -hmm. either just pregnant or just had a kid. So she was right in the throes of it when she started running and she lost like 200 pounds through running just that it gave her so much more energy and health. And within her community, there's, um, a lot of unhealthy lifestyles. You know, mm-hmm. and so to her, it's also just such an important part of motherhood to pass that on to her kids. Her kids are at every race, you know, sometimes I go to race and I leave them behind because it's me time, you know, but to her, <laughs> this is part of her mothering and, and you can just see the kids are so excited to see her at the aid stations oh. and, you know, they're, they're come a, one especially is becoming a runner himself. Oh, so that's awesome. she just runs with so much joy, really fun to talk to her and, yeah. and, and see her journey. So Ooh. Yeah. And then there are other mothers. I think one I could just the mother that just felt most like me, although only with a little bit more guilt, <laughs> was a mother that I interviewed and I just mentioned it because it feels very typical. Is that she's running this race and during her 50-mile race, she was thinking about how um how she was supposed to be on vacation with her kids and her kids were there and they were upset with her because they were <laughs> supposed to leave for vacation yesterday. And <sighs> We saw them we saw the kids with like five miles to go and she's like, I'm sorry, I'm you know, she still was feeling that guilt. And I was like, yeah. oh gosh, just for the 50 mile race, just
1: if you can just <laughs> run, you know, mm-hmm. and make
2: this me time. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I was just wishing that for her because I've heard you definitely that's a more common story when I talk to moms who run, you don't hear that story too much with dads who run as often.
0: <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. You know. Yeah.
2: I'd have yeah. to. Yeah. Agree. I mean, it,
0: yeah, it's, <laughs> I think it is just kind of accepted. I I don't know. Yeah. My, my husband runs a lot too. And I know, um, I know he feels it. He feels the, yeah. the family pulls. And I know in the, when our, I don't know, he's done some hundred milers when, um, well, when I've been pregnant or like when we've had really little babies and I don't, Mm -hmm. it it definitely has messed with his mind a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. but you still, I don't know if that's the case for everybody. And, um, you still see men a lot more, so I don't know.
1: Um, and so,
0: so do you, um, you feel those feelings of guilt being a mom and taking time? For endurance sports or have I, you just been working on that <laughs> I
2: don't yeah I, would say I don't I would say I don't but um I really worried when I signed up for my first hundred that I didn't have time for it mm-hmm. you know but after signing up for it and doing it I didn't feel the guilt <laughs> you know yeah. I was like no my kids are <laughs> doing great and I feel so much better when I come home from my run so yeah. But I also did take time off when I had little kids, like more than I see a lot of moms doing these days. Okay. <laughs> um, so Just I
1: from, from work from running. from running from running Okay. from running. Yeah.
2: You know, I mean, I think and with social media and such, it feels like there's more that awareness that you can run through your pregnancy and you can run when they're little. Mm-hmm. The more, and more women moms think they should. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and don't give themselves the permission to take some time off, and I. You know, I did take some time off.
1: Yeah, I didn't run yeah. my
2: first until my youngest was maybe seven.
1: Maybe. Oh, okay. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I just because that's when
2: I thought about it.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I could. You know,
2: I think I could have done it two or whatever.
1: Yeah. So, what was your thought process when you like when he was seven? Is a he or she? When your youngest was seven? Youngest is a boy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just heard youngest heard something. But yeah, um, so when your youngest was seven, what made you want to come back into running?
2: I mean, I ran, yeah, I started running. I ran like half marathon when each of them went maybe when they were sleeping through the night. I was like, okay, I have my energy back to running a half marathon. <laughs> so after my third kid, I just took a took a little time off. Um and then I was I was more of a marathoner at the time. I was not doing ultras, but um, I think when my youngest was about two, I ran my first marathon and that's what I really loved at the time. Mm-hmm. So, um, I didn't run my first like 50 mile, hundred mile till later, but it was cause I hadn't discovered those distances yet.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. What did you, did you run, um, superior or what? Yeah. Did I, you do?
2: Superior 100 was my first 100 mile.
1: Yeah. I, and was awesome. I know that's the superior hiking trail is so beautiful. I ran um, Eugene Cournot, which is half of Voyager. Yeah. Uh, she, for my first trail marathon. But I know that's going south towards Carlton, I think.
2: Yeah. Yep. I run that. That's my local race. I run that every year pretty much.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it was so fun.
2: Yeah.
0: But, um, and so, what was your 100 mile experience like?
2: Oh. I mean, it was really fun. I am part of this amazing, fun running group and none of them had ever done something like this. They were all kind of intrigued, I guess, <laughs> and wanted to support <laughs> me. And so I had the most ridiculous, crazy, huge crew that came to support me for Superior. And it was very fun experience just having them be part of it. I yeah. had like beat 20 people supporting me and they all had red hats on and they I mean I think they quickly realized it was more than I needed and they were helping out all these any other runner that needed help they helped out during that race
1: that's so nice
2: and they just had a blast and so now we have a crew of our friends that go up every year to crew they're just like who's running this year and we'll go up and support whoever
0: runs that's amazing I love that That that's so cool yeah yeah
2: so there's that camaraderie in a 100 mile that you don't get in shorter races. Yeah. You, know, you need a crew to help you. You don't yeah. need it. you know it's a fun. That's what makes it fun. So
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you still run hundreds or do you run
2: I don't know. I mean, I guess last I've been I've been a little injured the last couple of years. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm signed up for Superior 50 mile this year. I'm mm-hmm. feeling better so if, if that were to happen.
1: Yeah. You know, I know, hopefully I superior 50
2: mile. Yeah. And Marquette 50 K. So I'd run superior. Yeah. And then also in between there, I ran another hundred mile superior 100 again, and I ran a trans Rocky stage race, which is 120 miles yeah. over six days. So, so cool.
0: Yeah. And, and you ran that with your husband?
2: Yes you can run that either individually or as a team. And so what made it really fun was doing it with my husband. So cool. So. I It's on my my bucket list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful, really fun.
1: That would be fun. Mm-hmm. Oh.
2: And uh, I had my husband, my teammate, to have him slow down and run with me.
1: <laughs> so he does run along all the time? Yeah,
2: he runs all the time. And I <laughs> think that's part of me not having mom guilt for running because he totally <laughs> gets it if I want to yeah. go for a run.
1: Yeah, me yeah. too. That's yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. He understands. You don't have to explain anything.
2: Right.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. My husband, like, helps me uh, just like narrow down my training plan and like pushes me out the door. And it's like, mm-hmm. you need to go drive to a trail so you can get your hills in. And, you know, so it's yeah. <laughs> It's yeah. like, oh, okay. Well, I'll just yeah, take the next couple hours. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, but might have to talk through a work goal with him and be like, Andrew, we need to sit down and I want to tell you why this is important to me. <laughs> running has never required that explanation. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, totally. Huh? And then I do the same for him. I'm like, you're looking like you need a bike ride, Andrew. <laughs> 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 you should
0: leave now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, um, so how did you get into the other sports and kind of what is your favorite sport is running your. Running. Your main sport. thing.
2: Okay. <laughs> yeah. I've been a runner since I was little and it's definitely ran in, ran in middle school, high school, college. So that is definitely my sport. Um, but I did, my parents did outfit me. I lived in Iowa and there aren't many cross country skiers there, mm-hmm. but my parents got us cross country skis for several years in a row and brought us out to the golf course. We didn't have trails there and introduced me to cross country skiing. And now my I've got my kids. Duluth is such a cross-country skiing town, so I I love the community of people who do it, and I love to dabble in it and get my kids in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have done the. There's the the biggest race is the Burke here in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I've done the Cordy, which is this shorter version of that. I always think someday I'm gonna do the Burke but even in the winter, I really love to run. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And then biking. I did do some triathlon after about 20 years ago. My husband kind of got me into triathlon and I had to bike for that. So mm-hmm. that's what introduced me to biking. And then I got a little injured a couple years ago. And that's when I, I was trying biking again. So I still, it's really good. I Right now my foot was feeling a little wonky and I've, I've been biking one or two times a week just
1: recently. Mm-hmm. Just to keep your endurance up.
2: Yeah.
1: Yep. My body <laughs> break. <laughs> so That's, yeah. Oh, keep were you gonna say something? No. Sorry. Not so, important. <laughs> okay. I was gonna you had mentioned Runny in the winter. Yeah. And have you did you photograph Arrowhead 135? Yes, I did. Can you tell us a little about that? Because Nikki yeah. wanted to know more. I have yeah. I don't think I've
0: actually ever heard about winter ultras. I'm from Bend, Oregon. Okay. So like very active. I am a cross country skier and runner, but what is a winter ultra?
2: What is a winter ultra? Yes, Arrowhead is such an intriguing event. Mm -hmm. And it was so fun to go see it. For the first time had a critical character to it for me. So winter ultras started in Alaska and the um Arrowhead is the biggest uh, big one here in the United States. It takes place on the coldest day of the year and the coldest city in the twins Air in the United States, which is International Falls, Minnesota, right on the Canadian border. And it's 135 miles long and up to the starting start of the race, the participants can choose to either run the course, bike the course, or ski the course. So there were people showing up who had gear for all three. Like most know ahead of time, but you show up and you can decide what, you know, what you're going to, how you're going to make it those 135 miles. It could depend on the conditions a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they're only, and through, so it's through the wilderness. One thing that makes it unique is that there are only two aid stations, no, three checkpoints. I wouldn't call them full aid stations, three checkpoints on the course just to make sure people are healthy, but that's not very much aid for 135 miles. And as slow as you're moving in the winter, so you really have to pull, you have to carry a lot more to keep yourself fed, give yourself yeah. water, and P- keep yourself safe because the P- condition what- can get so yeah. cold.
1: Yeah, it's very cold. And people are like pulling mm-hmm. sleds, right, behind them?
2: Yeah, so all this gear takes, if you're in the foot division, you're pulling a sled with all your gear. If yeah. you're in the bike, bike, you know, division, your your bike is really loaded up with stuff. And the, the skiers too have a sled that they're pulling behind them or a backpack they can choose. So,
0: wow. That is intense. Yeah. And I bet you probably need to carry, I, I wonder, I bet they maybe have a list of requirements to take. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some yeah. of like the longer ultras do, but I mean, you would probably have to take stuff like just in case you needed to sit and rest or something yeah. you have to like have the
2: warmth, right? To... They carry, most people carry, the Arrowhead does have a required list of gear mm-hmm. um, and they it includes a sleeping bag. So if you have to take a nap on the side of the road or if you get injured, you know, there's a sleeping bag and a bivy to cover the sleeping bag and you're required to carry a certain, you're required to finish the race with two pounds of calories, I think. So most people have a big, like a giant tub of peanut butter or butter or something, so if they were stuck out there, you know, if they twisted their ankle 10 miles from the finish, they would still have food on them.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And they have a stove. So if they are stuck, they can boil water or boil snow into water.
0: Yeah. So wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is <laughs> so
2: really cool. I want to do one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely if there's a brand, a new race called the St. Croix 40 Mile, which oh, is I've really heard of that. fantastic if you want to try winter ultras because they require. Because they require winter survival skills. And St. Croix requires you to boil water. You start off the race by boiling water, I believe. I think you start off the race in your sleeping bag so you know how to use your equipment. And so it's just really good for, like, before you go to Arrowhead, you want to know what you're doing.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know? So, uh, prep. What, yeah. Time what time, time of time year is, of- is um, that race? Not Saint Arrowhead. Croix? Yeah, St. Croix. Um, good question. I I can't yeah. think of it. I've heard of
2: it in the winter. Well, yeah, one of the winter months, (laughs) I can't remember remember before after Arrowhead.
0: Have you ever done one of those winter ultras?
2: No, No, I have not. And I had, I had no interest at all, but when I keep going to these races that I think are crazy and interviewing the women who are doing them, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, oh, maybe I could do this, you know? Mm -hmm. It was so peaceful out in the woods, you know? I, like, was out there. I walked out away from anyone and just spent hours in the woods. It's really pretty. Yeah. Really mm-hmm. pretty. Um, yeah. Because I'd always seen pictures that looked kind of barren on snowmobile trails, but there's a lot of beauty up there. Um, yeah, it was a neat, really, really neat group of people, too, in community that do those races. Very well Yeah, mm. oh,
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it was... Uh, I mean, how was the photographing side of it?
2: Yeah. Your head. I mean, the big the big challenge is keeping your batteries from freezing and your camera. Yeah. So and your fingers from freezing. <laughs> <laughs> so so I've done a lot of photographing now of yeah cross country ski races and winter ultras and so I mean not a lot but that's sort of becoming more my thing. Um, yeah. And so I just had to work out. I just have like a bunch of extra battery packs in my belly under all my clothes. I have like a whole, the number of hand warmers my family goes through is immense. You know, they're just like everywhere, but those things freeze when it's negative 20 or something, you know, those will freeze. So we, there was a warm, it was a warm year this year for Arrowhead. I went to Arrowhead and I also went to the winter ultra this year and they were both really warm. Um, so it worked. But if it was colder, I would probably have to spend more time in aid stations and kind of darting out to take photos than I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I really warm, meaning what? To Scobia in particular, it was raining at the end. Oh. So oh. right around that freezing point. Okay. Which made it like the toughest to Scobia ever because the snow was it was like sand, you know. I tried running after I was done photographing. I tried running, and it was a really tough year. So oh. the kid, ideally, they want it. They want the temperatures to be definitely freezing.
0: Mm-hmm. Is you know, there like
2: ten degrees would be ideal?
0: Yeah. Okay. But it's is never um, is there a limit to like, like for safety? Yeah. yeah. For how... no. Okay. no, no, no <laughs> limit. No,
2: I mean the people that do these, you don't have to do it. You right. know, I've heard the year before was negative 40. And there are people who showed up and re- and got there and just, nope, that's too cold for me. You know? Yeah. So you definitely have to have your wits about, it. like, make those smart choices. And then mm-hmm. race encourages yeah. you to make good decisions based on how good you are at keeping yourself healthy.
0: Yeah. I don't know much about, um, ab- about like the health effects of like running and being active when it's super, super cold. I, I lived in Bozeman for a couple of years. Um, and I just remember running when it was like zero and the negatives, like the, the short, negatives like negative one negative two not anything short negative negative 40 <laughs> Short. <Yeah>. Negative. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and just like you step outside and your nose hairs freeze and your my snot would freeze you know if you look
2: down but um, yeah I'm familiar you know, with that what? yeah I run in Duluth yeah it's yeah like, I mean the main things uh, are not nothing crazy it's just uh frostbite frostbite is the main concern you know I mean people have really gotten frostbite toes they don't feel their toes they don't realize it's happening frostbite fingers the year when it was negative 40 the year before one person froze their eyeballs
1: oh my gosh
2: and the medical director was warning everyone this year at the at the meeting you know that that was the worst thing you'd ever seen like to have to tell the person and I'm sure that affects your vision
1: so did blind or what do you know what happened he didn't tell
2: the whole story right And uh,
1: it's,
2: you know but he was like it wasn't you know not good so yeah yeah so you have to yeah. take it seriously yeah like if you're cross-country skiing and you're moving faster and breathing faster people have you know um what do you call it like filters that you can put in your mouth to help the cold air not hurt your lungs mm. but at an, at an arrowhead you're moving slower you're not breathing super hard and so mm. the main issue is frostbite.
1: Okay. Goodness. How many events a year do you photograph?
2: Good question. Um, yeah, so I'm also, I mean, I have, I have a job as a photographer and then Onward is just one project within that bigger job. So, um, my, my plan for Onward is to do about five, four or five events a year. Mm -hmm. So I had on the docket for this year, the Birka which I the Birka Dirty Kansas gravel race, biggest gravel race in the country, hard rock, endurance run, um, mm-hmm. another gravel race, and about five events. Okay. And I okay.
1: Yeah. and do you um, have a, a mom or a, a woman that you're focusing on at that event, or are you just going to photograph the whole event?
2: Good yeah. That's a good question. And I've kind of been the the well with arrowhead i was focused on gear like as being one thing that keeps women from getting into these events and arrowhead is an event that requires so much gear mm-hmm. so i i took photos of a lot of women and asked them lots of questions about gear and how that you know whether that, that was a fun part of getting ready for the event how they did it
1: yeah.
2: any challenges with that
1: you it's know probably- the women i mean yeah yeah. How many of those but, women were moms? Do you know? Um, no. And I didn't
2: ask them about it.
1: Yeah. You know, <laughs> Yeah. the mountain
2: bike race. I mean, I went to this mountain bike race, Margie, Je- Margie Jessica. I read it a lot more than I say it. <laughs> there were 10 women in that race. I could oh. not have focused on moms in that race. There weren't yeah. that many moms, you Yeah. Know, 10 women total out of a field of 147.
1: Oh, that's crazy.
2: Um, and I didn't ask. I know one is I know at least one is a mom, but I also know the others that weren't. So, you know, I think they're probably like two moms out of that crew. Yeah. So I guess I kind of know some of them a little bit now.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. So so that's why there were more if I wanted to focus on motherhood in particular.
1: Yeah.
2: A fifty mile trail race is where I'm gonna find the most moms. Yeah.
1: You know, yeah, so I mean.
2: that's what I did. But I also when I was heading out to Hard Rock. I was planning to talk to Katie Grossman, who's a mom and has gone through issues with childbirth. Yes. Yeah. Um, And reach out if Anna Frost was there and reach out to some moms who would be at hard rock, you know, yeah. that unfortunately has fallen through this year, but yeah. Uh,
1: yeah.
2: But I would, yeah.
0: Yeah. So for this year, how are you readjusting your goals amidst COVID-19 and race cancellations?
2: Yeah. And just, I'm just accepting it, <laughs> you know, yeah. I feel like everything's on hold about a year, mm-hmm. um, but I did, I started this, started a blog. I was just sharing these photos on Instagram and Facebook Um, with the ultimate goal of, the ultimate goal is to create a book and an exhibit with the photographs after two to three years. Yeah, so I feel like coronavirus has, uh, has set me back about a year for going yeah. out and taking photos of the races that I'm planning to take. But, um, in the meantime, I have started a blog onwardwomen.com to fully share all the stories of these women that I've been interviewing. Cause initially I was interviewing them and I was, um, just sharing photos and on Facebook and Instagram, Mm -hmm. um, just as a short term way to kind of, Interview them and give them a chance to see kind of what I was up to and have mm-hmm. other women see what I was up to. Um, but my long-term plan is to create a book and an and a photography exhibit after interviewing women for two to three years. Um and yeah, and so so both the long the long-term vision is that I'll have a book that kind of pulls together reasons for women's underrepresentation in endurance sports yeah. and pulls these stories together in a way that kind of makes so we connect the dots a little bit and have some through, through lines of women's stories in a way that's cohesive. And uh, and I love to have an ex- exhibit that would travel to races so that when you head to the Superior 100, it's the pre-race meeting and you get to walk through an exhibit of stories of women's experiences in mm-hmm. events and experience that like the night before you run your race and bring that. To I, you. I love, love that. that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That is such a good idea. An exhibit. I, that is. And I mean, for, I just think about me going to that race and looking at those pictures and, and you just feel more empowered to Mm -hmm. do your thing with, with your woman community. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's my, that's totally the main that yeah. was my first I did too, is that I really would love this exhibit. And I could travel to different places where people have created races that feel more like a community gathering event, you know, mm-hmm. like a Western States or a um, deep, what's it called? This race has just been renamed Mid-South. Uh, there's this gravel race that's the kickoff mm-hmm. to the gravel cycling year, you know, it's okay. just a place like that where, yeah, where it could be an experience, experience that people all experience together oh. and, you know, links up with that, that event that you're doing. I like the idea of a book too, because it helps you, you know, people read things and process things at their own time and it's concrete and it Mm -hmm. doesn't take that added effort of me walking around with the book from race to race, you know, more people will see it. Mm -hmm. Those are my end products. But in the interim I've been interviewing women and just people, women have really been giving me their time and sharing personal stuff with me. And so I wanted to start sharing that more just, Mm -hmm. you know, instantly. So that's why I've started the blog and I really feel, it's made me feel really happy that I'm not just holding all this information at my house. Yeah. Yes. I'm starting to
1: share it. So yeah, it's accessible. Yeah. I'm excited for your book. I love reading your blog and what you've had so far on there, but I'm, I'm really excited for your book. Maybe we'll have to have you back on once it gets released. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's
0: really exciting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was going to ask you if there was, a woman out there that was on the fence about doing an endurance sport like ultra running or even trying a different endurance sport that's maybe more gear intensive what advice would you give to her
2: yeah with ultras with running it's so simple anyone who anytime someone says you know I've been thinking about running a hundred you know someday I'm gonna run a hundred I just say just do it (laughs) I mean I think it's so simple I'm like you know I and I have friends in my friends were like, Oh, you're thinking about it. You got to do it. You know, just do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because there was, it felt like such a big thing to me. And then I did my first and it suddenly didn't feel like such a big thing to me. Yeah. And you just never know what's going to happen in your life. If you're going to get injured, if you're going to, there's something that's going to stop you from running in the future. So seize the moment. There's no perfect moment to fit it into your life. I mean, do balance out those things. Like mother, being a mom is really valuable, but Mm -hmm. I'm, you'd run ultras you know that you can find time there are women who think they can't find time and if it's valuable enough to you if it feels mm-hmm. like it's building adding to your life and not detracting from it then just mm-hmm. jump in and do it yeah absolutely With mountain biking gravel biking um, and skiing there are some really great resources of women only camps that would be a great resource so um, Jill Martindale Runs this runs this race. Well, she co-run, co-directs a race called Skirts and Dirt. Skirts into the Dirt <laughs> in Michigan. Uh-huh. Okay. A great women's only mountain bike race. Oh. And she has clinics leading up to the race where she will teach you mountain bike skills. That would be, for someone in the Midwest, that would be a fantastic first race to do. Trek has women only mountain bike skills clinics to help you. Just not only learn the skills, but have that support and make it fun. Mm -hmm. So I've heard the Trek, I forget it has dirt in the title too, but (laughs) there's Trek women only skills camps that have been highly recommended. So, um, and also I really found it nice to know that I could do a gravel race and it was okay to just say, you know what, I'm going to do it. And if my break, my bike breaks, I'll just stop. Yeah. (laughs) Like... You know, with time, I can get to the point where I have all these bike maintenance skills. Yep. yep. It's not, you know, people jump into these things and take risks and don't have all their ducks in a row all the time.
0: If you waited till everything was perfect, till timing was perfect, your skills were perfect, you would never do anything. Exactly. Right. Yeah.
2: Right. So So. take some, take in some risks. Mm -hmm. And And I mean, I kind of feel like.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. It is part of the adventure. It makes the best stories usually when things go wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um even though it can be very uh heart disheartening too, but I mean, I do think that is part of the bike world and ski. Like yeah, anytime you have gear, um things just happen. You know, your pole could snap or your uh your binding on your skis could break or, you know, whatever.
2: Yeah. Um
0: Yeah. I think that's a good, that's a good attitude to have about it. Mm -hmm. And, and just like, go try and go see what happens.
2: The women biking, the mountain biking women are super fun crowd. They're really fun. They're not a lot of them, but they're really fun. So just hanging out with them has made me want to be a mountain biking woman.
1: (laughs) (laughs)
0: Oh,
2: That's awesome. And
0: so do you have goals to like, keep doing more mountain biking races. I mean, so how do you balance, I guess kind of what I'm thinking is how do you balance like going to races for photography, but also you doing races and your sports?
2: Yeah. Good point. I mean, that's, that's why I had to be like plan my races for the year. be like, I'm only doing these and I have certain races that I just love and I will not miss like superior. (laughs) So dirty Kansas was Dirty Kansas, that I like, is one of my top races to photograph was rescheduled for superior weekend and I can't do <gasps> it. Now I have to go to mm-hmm. superior because, mm-hmm. you know, my friends are a priority and this year is just, you just, it, have to yeah. that not everything's going to happen this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If I think if you guys have a chance to come together, you got to come together. Yeah. <laughs> right,
2: right. Like it might not happen. We might be doing a little camping trip just on our own. <laughs> that might be that weekend. Mm -hmm. you know yeah Mm -hmm. but they're yeah they're just one or two races that I wouldn't miss (laughs) running myself because I still love you know but we'll get a moment but then if you know I've had two two to three year plan and if I have to skip running a race one year to get it in for this onward project I will do that
1: yeah yeah Yeah.
2: but it's good to have boundaries too
1: yeah yeah (laughs) you know what's important do you
2: yeah
1: um Mm -hmm. can you tell us how you chose the name onward
2: it just came to me. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh. no! It <laughs> felt right. I didn't consider any others. My, um, yeah, onward because it's like forward-looking. We want to like kind of look for a day when more women are participating in endurance mm-hmm. sports. Mm-hmm. Onward because it's a good mantra to have if you're in one of these long-distance races. Yeah, keep moving forward. Onward. Yeah, you know, felt right. Yeah, and I, I love had it. That day before the Pixar movie.
0: Oh <laughs> yeah. Well that only didn't that like only just come out kind of yeah so yeah <laughs> although I do love that I, movie three so. years ago
2: yeah and then by my um my uh, friend had to wordsmith with me because I couldn't have onward as my uh you know Instagram hashtag my Facebook totally. hashtag my yeah. you know just find something with onward I liked project onward but that was taken on one platform totally uh... So we went for onward w m n and nice. my lovely friend came up with that.
1: Nice. So, okay. So.
2: That's your Instagram. Instagram, yeah. Facebook, and my website. Yeah. Okay. Okay. To find one that was consistent. And On the word, name. woman. Yes. Yep. Yep. But not a full woman. W M N.
0: Yes.
1: Perfect. Kind of like Minnesota.
2: Yes. She noted it had that in there too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in there too.
1: Nice.
0: Cool. So uh, me. How do we get more women doing these sports?
2: Yeah. I think there's, I think that I will have, like, I have ideas in my brain, but I want (laughs) to come back. I want to say that at the end of the project a little bit more. Okay. But I will say there are some things that I've seen, you know, that are like, um, dirty cans of bike race. They, in one year, I wish I had the numbers off the top of my head, but super increased the number of women at their event just by inviting them. Hmm. They sent out an invitation like, women, we would really love to get this many women at Dirty Kansas. It was 200 women in 200, 200 women doing the 200 mile race. They sent out that request and women just felt welcome, I think, Uh because it happened in one year. There were that many women at that bike race. You know? And I was like, Is it that simple? Some races where women just aren't feeling, especially a bike race where there's so few women
0: Mm -hmm. and it's a hard world to kind of step into. It's, it's intimidating. It definitely is.
2: Yeah. So so Hmm. I thought that was a fantastic, like I definitely want to go down there and talk I can't wait. I mean, I've talked to them about coming and visiting and taking photos and interviewing people and delving into it more, you know, but is it that simple? You know, so how much, how can we make races more welcoming? Volcania mm-hmm. this year invited women, mm-hmm. and they had the women line up at the start line of the race, and then the men. And the women, some mm-hmm. of the women from that race said that it was so. I didn't go there, and I would love to go to, you know. Yes. But totally. I've heard, they just said it was so empowering. And we, whenever we saw a woman on the course, we were cheering for each other, and it just,
1: yeah. just yeah. having
2: the race say, "Come, we're inviting you. We're making a special point. We want more women at this race." Um, I- Made a big difference.
1: I love Mm -hmm. that. Women empowering women. Mm -hmm. Races empowering women. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, and then some bike races, actually, it's not uncommon, will have the women's cap. The women's field is uncapped. So they have an overall total cap for the men's field. Oh. But in races where women are currently making up, you know, five to to nine percent of these races. So just a fraction, as any woman who wants to register can register. Hmm. Um, so I don't, you know, I wouldn't necessarily see that in a, in a running race,
1: Yeah.
2: but in a biking race, that's a nice, you know, it's an idea that could maybe be, you know, adopted by other races. Yeah. I'd like us to look at things like, um, I and mean, I think we can look at not just look at, uh, time cutoffs, consider like if you have a race with an unusually strict time cutoff mm-hmm. that tend to cut out more women than men. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I had a race in the Midwest that I wanted to bring my friends to. It has a really strict time cutoff. Hmm. Like, you know, some of my women, you don't want to train for a race if you're going to go to it. And there's a really good chance you're not going to be able to even finish it because of a time cutoff. Yeah. Right. You know? Right. That's so a huge have- factor. Yeah. Factor. And so races need to have time cutoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they can't have their, their volunteers out there forever. Yeah. But consider if, you know, this time cutoff was needed to be at that time for you mm-hmm. know, for safety reasons or because you can't have volunteers longer than that or if you, you could extend the cut, time cutoff. Yeah, you know? yeah. Try and to that, do that, more. For that, a lot of races, they have their time cutoffs as long as they can have them at the moment. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think there are a handful of races out there that have races that are stricter than they need to be.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, and I mean you sharing stories about other women doing these sports, that is going to be huge to get to just to, um, to allow other people to see that it's possible. Um, and, and to see that, Oh, um, so-and-so did this long race and she's fairly normal. She's like me. She has a story like me. I can do that too. Um, I, it just makes me think of my favorite quote, which is um it's from C.S. Lewis, but it's uh like friendship is born the moment somebody one person says to another, what, you two? I thought I was the only one. Yeah. And you know, just like yeah. connecting people through stories and experiences. Yeah. That, it, that's gonna be very powerful. Yeah. You're doing great work. You are. Thank you. Yeah.
2: Yes, I hope. I do love how many people have come up to me after my mountain bike race stories and been like, oh, that looked kind of fun. And, you know, I might want to try that. Yeah. So that yeah. Perfect. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. yeah. Setting the stage. Yes. Have you noticed since you did your study in twenty seventeen, has it changed at all?
2: No, but I would I just don't know. I yeah. would love to do it. it. Took me a sec to gather all that data. You know? Yeah. I'm sure. And I would love to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's some races that are changing. Um, arrowhead for instance, has been, the women's field has been increasing and then there are other, other races that seem pretty stuck where they are. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And yeah. So how do you, um, how do you balance your, yeah. How do you do a study while having these projects going while working, while being a mom, uh, what does your life look,
2: like? <laughs> yeah, what does my life look like? Yeah, look like. Um. Well. Oh, can you hear that? It's the construction. It's, it's, it's okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. moved to that window. Okay. Um. Yeah. There's no easy answer for how to balance life, you know. But with the coronavirus, especially, it's I think a lot is on our plates. You know, mm-hmm. I suddenly am helping my kids with school,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: starting a photography business and, you know, it gets a lot easier when your kids get older. That's for sure. And then I was quickly going into that habit of me taking care of the kids and my husband, not taking care of the kids. When they came home and homeschooled mm-hmm. and a couple weeks in, I was like, Oh, you know, I reckon I didn't recognize it at first. That's just what yeah. I was doing. You know? So I sat down with my husband and I said, Andrew, you, you know, I would like to work too. I'd like to still work, and so he works every other week in his job. And so now every other week, we came up with it. we just came up with a plan. We talked it through, you know. And this week is his week on parent duty, and next week is my week, and then we alternate. So try to do that. Yeah. And, but you still can't do everything, and so just going easy on yourself
1: yeah, when you can't totally. do everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's good that you recognize that you were maybe taking a little bit more on than what you can maybe mentally handle i know sometimes i'm like okay we need to just take a second we need to regroup and we're gonna try and like even some of this stuff out yeah. a little bit
2: i think it can <laughs> speak up on you sometimes when yeah you're, you're trying to do more than is really healthy
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. So yeah step back but... mm-hmm. <gasps> great
0: well <laughs>
1: thank you that was
0: yeah thanks so much for sharing all of this amy yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, it yeah.
0: it's yeah. super inspiring, and mm-hmm. yeah, that's what we're trying to do here is um, support women in in these ultra endurance sports. And so, thank you for your for your voice in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're you're welcome.
2: Welcome. Yeah, I like your podcast. How it's, it feels very supportive of okay. young moms, especially, and it's just a nice. <laughs> nice place to balance check, that out. In. <laughs> yep. yeah. check in. Yep. Yeah. And, and feel like, Oh yeah, I've got some support in the world through this little podcast. <laughs> oh
0: good. <laughs> You're not totally alone. That's good to hear. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: So before we let you go, we have two questions and one is your favorite race you've ever run.
2: Yeah. I think my favorite race I've run is the Squamish 50 mile in British Columbia. it just has beautiful trails it goes through the i think it's a rainforest temperate rainforest (laughs) up there you know i really love technical trails so it's rocky rooty Mm -hmm. it has a little elevation gain overlooks some body of water the pacific ocean probably (laughs) 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 you know just really beautiful yeah Mm -hmm. and then i also like locally i really like marquette trails marquette michigan that's my favorite.
0: Nice, cool, yeah, great. And then, um, do you want to share a like a healthy meal that you like to eat with your family? You do not have to have prepared it, but
2: yes. <laughs> well, you asked me like <laughs> what I like to cook, and mm-hmm. we split the cooking duties. I tell you, I cook a lot, lot less since having kids. And I used to cook all the time. I used to be the one to add people to my house. I really enjoyed it. But you can't do everything in life. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I cook once a week for my family. And one thing that we have a lot is just grilled salmon. I, you know, with like salt and pepper, steamed broccoli. We have steamed broccoli every single night. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And like warm up a gut. And that is a very typical Broadmoor dinner. <laughs>
0: perfect. Oh, okay. And so, who else cooks in your house?
2: Yes. Well, I mean, before the whole coronavirus, my husband and I split it. So, okay. I would cook more like two or three nights a week. He'd cook two or three nights a week and we go out. Um, but I have five kids and we realized that they are all no, three kids. Excuse me. Three kids. Okay. <sighs> I was like, "Wait, I thought I didn't know you had <laughs> no, that." That's a lot. <laughs> we realized they're all capable of cooking. Mm-hmm. so one of the best parts of having them home and not having school activities is that they have been each been cooking a meal a week oh so good idea you know it's that has been the bit be- like there are lots of ideas that we've had that haven't been good ideas during this time you know like the uh-huh. best intentions have fallen through but having my kids each cook a meal a week has been the best idea and they are yeah they're learning to cook yeah that's such an important skill Light and then I have my free time right before dinner. Like what? Yeah. That's so nice, you know. So all but one night a week I have I don't have to cook anymore. Oh. So it's fantastic. I do have to put up with my 10-year-old making a lot of frozen pizza and mac and cheese. <laughs> hey,
0: that's you know, is-
2: okay. Oh.
0: That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is it's still such a game changer that yeah. there might be little sacrifices like that. That's all right. Yes. I wouldn't
2: even yes. blink about that. Yeah. <laughs> require like a fruit and he could he cuts up like a few strawberries for each of us and that's there you go but my <laughs> so other two kids have really been they've been learning all this new stuff that they're cooking and it's awesome
1: <sighs> I love that that's awesome I, mm-hmm. a good a good um life skill that they're learning during lockdown quarantine stuff with mm-hmm. this pandemic going on
0: that's like a, a good responsibility to have yeah so. yeah awesome, awesome. Well, thank you oh, so much, Amy. Yes, thank you. Thank
2: you. <laughs> and I hope we run into you soon at a, or at a race if you come up yes. to for an hour. Or
0: something. Wow, that was so fun talking to Amy. She is incredible and she's doing incredible things in the world of women's sports.
1: Yeah, yes she i mean i she covered a lot with like mountain biking and gravel biking um but she does she does run hundreds and ultras and um including women in all the endurance sports
2: um mm-hmm.
1: i love that she is thinking about doing an exhibit with her photographs like before a race How cool to be able to walk through that before you start your race or like the night before you start your race and all those good thoughts and good vibes that you're going to get before you Mm -hmm. even start running. I feel like it would just make your race a hundred times better.
0: Just having that empowerment and the example right in front of your face of other women, I think that would give me so much energy. Yeah. And and it, races are so emotional. They're a big deal. If you're starting, you're towing the line at a hundred mile race, which I haven't even done one yet. So mm-hmm. I don't fully know that emotion, but I can only imagine because it's, it's a big deal. These are yes. hard things and we don't have to do them. We don't have to be doing them. And mm-hmm. that's kind of the, one of the awesome things about ultras is we prove to ourselves again and again how strong we really are and how strong women are and that we can do things we might not have thought we could.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so I just think, I think that that exhibit would make me so emotional I know. in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I also just loved her. Well, I just love that she's uh, storytelling,
1: mm-hmm.
0: sharing other pe- other stories. And then I love um, that kind of some of the ideas to get women into this, into these sports, like just simply by inviting more women into these sports. I think that is mind blowing and And such a huge key. Mm -hmm. So simple. It's like a little effort will go a long way just to make people feel included. So
1: Yeah. 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 I had even, this isn't with um, endurance sports, but I had a friend who she just started running. She's one of my really good friends. Mm-hmm. And she just started running and she had recently lost like a hun- over 100 pounds. And wow. so now she's starting to run and she's like, I'm really she's like, I feel like it's just taking me so long. She's running like one point. 2 miles and then 1.3 miles and she's like I just feel like this is taking forever and I'm like well do you want me to run with you and she's like no I don't want you to run with me because you're you run long all and I'm like no I just want to be able to like I love women who are starting to run or getting into running like I just want them to be like okay come into like this this like little tribe that we have of mm-hmm. running moms even if you aren't running that long like I still just encourage women and moms to run because I love it so much and I know how good it makes me feel. Mm-hmm. I just want that for other women.
0: Yeah, it's a tribe, but yeah. it's an inclusive tribe. Like we yes. want, I, I mean, I'm I feel the same way. And yeah. I am so down to run at any pace oh, yeah. with anybody at any yeah. time if they ever want to. Yeah. It's because it's just the movement. And what it does for your mind and your heart and your body is so, is so
1: good. Yeah. 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 And so I started reading, um, the joy of movement, which. Oh, good. I, so who, I don't remember. Renee recommended that. Okay. Yes. So, so I started reading that Mm -hmm. and one of the things was coming together and you're doing the same movement. It creates a bond more than if you were just like hanging out stationary. And I, I love that. And so I think like what Amy is doing is just getting more women into this sport will create stronger bonds and just be a great mom tribe. So I do Mm -hmm. recommend that book. It's a good book.
0: I really want to look at that one. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, listeners out there, if you enjoyed uh, this content today, You can subscribe to this podcast, uh, rate and review. That really helps us. You can share this with your mom tribe, encourage other moms to get out and try new things and run long distance or short distance, uh, slow, fast, whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and then you can also subscribe to Treeline Journal's newsletter, which is found at treelinejournal.com. Uh, My husband, Chase, and I send out a weekly newsletter that has podcast episodes and information and things like that. So you can stay in the loop and
1: not miss anything. Also, if you want to ask us questions or you have comments, you can email us at runhardmomhard at gmail.com. And you can also leave us a voice message from Anchor. The link is in the show notes below. We'd love to hear your voice. We'll play it on the podcast at some point as long as you give us permission to do so. (laughs) And I hope you have a fabulous day. Go run
0: hard. Run hard, mom hard. And thanks for listening. Yeah. Oh, no. Amy. It just looks like she's thinking. (laughs) Oh, oh. Let's see. I think she's Amy. coming back. Uh, yeah, she'll come back to us. Won't you, me? Amy? <laughs>
1: come back to the light. I yeah. was going to say Luckroy, and I'm like, that is not the right word. <laughs> <laughs> we can drink some bubbly water together. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if you want to do it, you can. <laughs> He's supportive of what I want to do, totally. but he also thinks I'm a little nuts. I have a okay. lot in my head, okay. and then they don't go where I want them to go. I I gear towards older. Yes, I, do too.
0: Mm-hmm. I do too. Yeah, well, and I can see that because you feel older to me. Oh, okay. For sure.
1: Well, okay. <laughs> yeah, age doesn't really matter. I know. It's hard to remember those things. But. I know. Aaron knows how old I am.